0: All right, guys, come on, let's give a round of applause to our newsboys. As you can see, we're still excited about celebrating Kids Month. Let's give a round of applause to all of our kids who have been faithful throughout this time. They have been faithful and not only being here, but serving our church. We're grateful for you and them learning, because the whole idea behind this was one for families to be able to get the opportunity to worship together that sometimes we don't get when our kid is next door while we're here but more than that we want to show kids that the, the they don't have to wait until they're grown ups to serve the lord <laughs> they don't have to wait until they're grown ups to have a relationship with jesus They simply just got to love them wherever they're at. So we wanted to open up the opportunity for all of these kids to to be able to serve, to be able to worship, and for us to be able to bring it to them. So thank you for those of you who have been here and have been taking part of everything that we are doing. We want to remind you that we have clipboards that we're passing out. And the encouragement of that clipboard is that they pay attention to what's happening. There's a couple of things in there where it asks them to see if they are listening to the message, right? Obviously, some of them are really small and they have no idea. But for those of us who have older kids, it's your job as a parent after here, ask them, hey, did you learn anything today? Do you remember what we spoke about? Because that's why we're here, right? To worship together and to show them how we do it. So throughout this month, we've been talking about different ways that we're, we do more than just say that we follow Jesus, right? But we take part in what Jesus is doing. And the first week we talked about worship we talked about what worship means that it's more than a song whether it's a slow song you know we always say worship we think it's a slow song but it's more than that it's the way that we live our lives it's it's a way that we say God you are first in everything that we do last week we talked about expressions of worship and we specifically talked about seven expressions of worship we talked about how if you love the Lord and you worship him because we're expressive beings like I get we all have different personalities but there should be something we should be able to express our worship to him. We should be able to express our adoration and our love for him. And we talked about different ways and saw different examples of the Bible, you know, from lifting hands to laying on your feet before, um, laying on your face before the Lord, to bowing down, different ways. And we talked about what those mean. If you missed it, you know, on our app, you can hear our message from last week, the seven expressions of worship. And this week we're talking about news. We're talking about the news, and you saw my newsboys came here, and if those of you that were not raised in America, maybe you've never heard that. But if you were at some point in a history class or somewhere in the English class, you heard how back in the day when they were sell newspapers, they would say "extra, extra, read all about it," right? And that was how they motivated people to buy a newspaper because it was the only way for them to know what was happening. Obviously, today. We don't depend on a newspaper. (laughs) We can find out on our phone what happens. If you got CNN, if you got any other news thing, you get an alert, right? You can look it up online. But some people still use newspapers. Hence, I was able to buy one. I honestly didn't even know where to go buy one. I was like, babe, where do they sell that anymore? Can you just scope out a supermarket? Because we don't use them. But we see news everywhere. On the TV, you know, like I said, on, on social media, there's news. And the truth is that the majority of the news that we see is bad news. The majority of the news that we hear is horrible news. If you're like me, you don't even want to watch the news, right? You don't even want to hear the stuff that's happening because it's just bad. And, and, I've, and I had a friend that was talking to her. They were like, I can't turn on the news because when I turn it on, I cry. It makes me cry to see what's happening in the world. It makes me cry to hear about violence. It makes me cry to hear about, you know, the racism, about people talking bad about each other, about all the stuff that's happening in the world. It makes us sad. It makes us angry. It makes us mad. You know, whatever it is, so many emotions Because they're not good ones. But what if I was to tell you that there, amongst all of this news, amongst the news that the world is telling us, amongst the news that the world is bombarding us with, because whether you want to or not, you're getting it everywhere and anywhere, there is good news. And I don't know how many of you believe that Maybe you've heard so much bad news That you have already predestined your mind And you're a skeptic And you're like, yeah, right I've never had anything good in my life Or I've never heard or seen anything good And you already predisposed To think that everything is bad But I want to tell you this morning In case you did not know That there is good news Can I get an amen from somebody in this place? All right, you just let me know Which direction I got to take in this message I think I need to teach you What the good news is But there's good news And there's a news that we can tell that is not going to make us sad, that is not going to make us angry, but is going to bring rejoicing, is going to bring transformation that can change our lives, that can change your family, a news that is really good news. And that good news is found in the person of Jesus. There is a good news that we know, and like Pastor Will was just saying, we're sitting here all comfortable, you know, complaining if I got to sweat a little bit, if I got to wait my, you know, my shirt, my pants are too tight, when there are people that are dying to know the hope that you know. There are people that are dying to be able to do the things that you are able to do. And at and Will said we were in general conference this weekend, one of the bishops, the new bishops, so we are a denomination Part of the denomination called the Free Methodist Church. If you want to know more, fmcusa.org. We will also be kind of preparing a class to talk to you guys a little bit more about that. But we are part of a denomination. And this week, we were electing bishops. So this was a big deal. It was historic for us because it was the first time that all three bishops were retiring at the same time. And we had to elect three new people off the cuff. But one of the good things is that we elected for the first time in the United States a female bishop. So all my ladies, I had to throw that in there because I'm a woman and I'm proud. Phenomenal woman, that's me. Anyway, so we elected a female bishop for the first time. But something that one of our bishops, our new bishops was saying, he was like, man, that last general conference, so it's every four years, he met with one of the bishops in Africa or India. And he was saying, so how's the church? And whatever he was asking him, the bishop from India was asking him. And he was like, it's good. Um, I forgot what he said, but that the bishop said, hmm. Okay, so now I know I need to pray for more persecution for America. So just so you understand what he means. In America, we have about 70,000 free Methodists. And in the rest of the world, we have almost 2 million. What does that mean? We're not doing anything in America. We're comfortable. And like what we saying, there's people in places that they are giving their entire lives for the good news. And because we've got a good news that is in the middle of other good news, we don't give this good news as much attention, right? We don't give this good news as much merit as much importance because we've got, we get good news. You know, we're not the ones that are going home to, to, a, to, a, to sleep on the floor. So since I get to have a bed to go to, I don't really think too much about this good news. But if there's anything that I want us to take from this morning is that there is good news for us to share. There is good news for this world, there is good news for your family, there is good news for your community, there is good news for your neighborhood, there is good news for this world, there is good news for this church. But the spoiler alert is, is that we're going to have to be the ones that tell the good news. We're going to have to be the ones that share it. And I want us to start off by looking at a verse in Mark, oh sorry, before I say that, I want to talk to you guys about preaching. (laughs) So as you can see, my shirt says, preach like lives depend on it." And I love this shirt because it remi- it's, it, it's really for me to remind myself that every time I get up here, it's really not just about saying words, but someone's life may be depending on what I say this morning. Someone saying yes or no to Jesus may depend on what I'm saying this morning, and guess what? I'm human. I don't always do it right. I don't always get it perfect, but that is my goal, right? That's my mission. That's where I'm headed. Jesus, use me so that I can impact somebody's life. Because that's why I'm here you know I just want to be your vessel so we're gonna talk about preaching like I said we talked about worship expressions of worship but today I want to invite you to preach and when you hear preach I know that most of you are like "Uh, not me because maybe you're only thinking about standing up here and I'm not saying that you're not because I believe that there are some of you here whether you already believe it or not are called to stand in front of other people and preach But I'm talking about what the real meaning of preach is. And I want to share with you a basic definition from the dictionary. Preach. It is to publicly proclaim or teach, but it is also to be an earnest advocate. What does that mean? It means it is to be someone who is genuine, who is authentic, someone who really has experience about something and can talk about it. So I hope you're starting to think To be a preacher means I gotta have something that I know because I've experienced it that I can talk about it so that I can be a supporter, so that I can be an advocate, so that I can help spread it along. And it's to be a herald, which is just someone who says good news. So when we say that we're inviting you to preach, what we're saying is we're inviting you to be a supporter of the cause. We're inviting you to be a heralder, to be someone who spreads good news, to be someone that instead of spreading anger, instead of spreading stupidity on on IG and Facebook, talking about stuff that you really don't know about, why don't you spread the love of Jesus? Instead of buying into the hype about how people are this and people of that, why don't we be the people that unify the people? Because Jesus died for everyone. So when I talk about preaching I talk about being someone who can say I know who God is because I know what God did in my life therefore I am gonna talk about what he did and I want us to start by reading in Mark chapter 16 so this is when Jesus has already died he's gone to the grave and he's resurrected and he comes and he he encounters or he presents himself once again to the disciples And when I read this, I think, man, of all the things that Jesus could have said, right? I'm thinking, man, this is my last chance to talk to these people who I have spent every day with for the last three years. People that have seen the most intimate and most vulnerable parts of me, the good, the bad, or the whatever. These are the people that I have spent three years with. And I'm thinking, thinking, man, I wouldn't have enough time to say all the things and give all the tears and give all the crying. But of everything that Jesus could have said, this is what he sums up. So, you know when they say the last dying words, right? That means that it's important, right? There means that if I could have chosen 100 and I decided to choose 10, it's because those 10 are more important than the other 90 that I could have said. Everybody understand that? You following me? So these are the words that Jesus decides to give as his last words before he goes and ascends back to heaven. He says to his disciples, and today I want you to know that this is not just for the 11 disciples that he said it to back then, but this is to everyone who from that point on would call themselves a son or a daughter or a follower of Jesus. He said to them, go into all the worlds and preach the gospel to all creation. And I want us to read that together. Go into all the worlds and preach the gospel to all creation. Go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation of everything else that he wanted them to know What was most important for him was hey It cannot die here with me It cannot end here with me going to heaven But now I am leaving you in charge of being the ones who are preaching the gospel who are the ones that are telling The good news I am depending on you And in one regard that seems so scary But in another regard, it feels like, wow, the fact that God would trust us to be the ones to share his news. It feels good. It feels good to be chosen. I don't know how many of you guys appreciate God for being chosen, but he has chosen each one of us to be the ones who carry his news. So the first thing that I want you to remember or think about when we talk about preaching is that there is good news to be shared. Like I was saying earlier, some of you, I may need to teach you what that is. But there is a news to be shared because even though the Bible even though Jesus died over 2,000 years ago and the Bible was written thousands of years ago the word is not old so I want to tell you right now don't buy into the lie that the world is trying to sell and people that have been self-proclaimed and profess um, intelligent people that are out there saying that the word is irrelevant I'm gonna tell you right now that that is a trap and a lie from the devil The word is not irrelevant. Guess why not? Because it is still changing lives today. That very same word is still bringing transformation. It's still changing. It's still healing. It's still transforming. It's still saving. There is power in the word of God. So the news that we have is not only good news, like Pastor Will says, but it's the best news. It is the news that could do what no other news can do. You may hear something on the, on the TV that may move you. And it moves you for a minute, but it can't transform your life. But there is a word that is breathing, that is alive and active. And it doesn't matter if you read it today, and if you read it again in two or three more weeks, it is a word that brings transformation. It is a word that brings change. So there is good news to be shared. And maybe you haven't had good experiences with this word. Well, it means that that's the work that we need to do because the word and the news that, is, that, is, that we have to share is good news. And in Matthew chapter 28 is what we call as believers the Great Commission because it was kind of like that sending. It's, it's kind of an expansion of what we read in Mark because the gospels all correlate because they're all the same story of Jesus from different perspectives and different angles. And in Matthew, this is the last words again, but this is an expansion. He says, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them, because this is the part that none of us want to hear and the part that we kind of leave out, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. So it is up to us. All of us who say, yeah, Jesus, I love you. All of us who say, yeah, Jesus, I serve you, I follow you, I believe in you. It's up to us to be the ones that go and spread the good news of Jesus. We are God's newsboys and newsgirls. So the first thing is that there is good news to be shared. There is a news that we can read in the Bible that we see, like I said, it's unchanging. It is still powerful today, just like it was 2,000 years ago, and just like it will continue to be for all of eternity. The Bible says that the earth and the sea will pass away, but your word will remain forever. So when the trees are gone, and and all the stuff on the earth is gone, guess what's still going to be there? The word of God. And it's going to be enough to bring forward a new creation, because it was by God's word that what? The world was created. So there is power in that word. The second thing is that if we are going to be spreaders of the good news, we have to share what he has done for us. You have to share what he's done for you. And I wish I could tell you there was another way, but there is no other way. Will and I, um, if you've encountered us, you know that we both like to talk, blah, 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 and we kind of feed off of each other sometimes, good times and bad times, but we feed off of each other. But one of the funny things that happens to us all the time is when we're with someone and one of us is excited about a story, like a story that Will told me one day, and I'm so excited, and now I'm with Hey and I want to tell Tuhay the story, but I don't really know the story. I'm like, I just was excited, so I'm like, hey, oh, like, hold on, hold on, like, Will, Will, can you come and can you tell it? Cause I, I'm, I'm kind of started it and I don't really know, but I need you to come and tell me. I don't know if any of you guys have ever done that before. And he does that to me all the time too. When he always wants to say something, like, and he'd be like, what is it called again in front of everybody? Like, bro, like, we should talk about this before. Cause there's something about when you're wanting to share a story that's somebody else's. It doesn't come as naturally. It doesn't flow. It's not as easy. So some of us have been trying to share a story that's not ours to share. Some of us have maybe been spending our energy on trying to be what someone else is. Maybe on trying to do things the way that someone else does it instead of doing it the way that God gave it to us. Each of us has a story. Whatever your story is, the great thing about God is that we're all different. We all experience Him in different situations, in different aspects. We can all speak to a different thing about Jesus, a different attribute, because He is so endless. Every single one of us can speak to something else about God. We each have a story to share. You don't have to be ashamed of your story. You don't got to feel bad about your story because your story is good. If He did it for you, then it's good, and it is good enough to tell somebody else. It is good news. The fact that your marriage was healed, that's good news. The fact that you have salvation, that's good news. The fact that you were blind and now you see is good news. The fact that you've been able to forgive, that is good news. The fact that you have felt forgiven, that is good news. The fact that your children can know Jesus, that is good news. The fact that you are not lacking anything, but the Lord has provided, that is good news. Whatever your story is, it is good news. And it's up to you to share it. And I want to share a verse with you in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 21. And it says, For in his wisdom, God designed that all the world's wisdom be insufficient to lead people to the discovery of himself. Stop right there real quick. So God knew that we would all become experts. God knew that the nature of humanity was to try to figure him out and try to figure things out outside of him and come up with theories. So he knew that there will be some smart people who will become philosophers and decide that they know more than the creator and make up theories and philosophies and stories and religions and all kinds of stuff that they think they did through human power to try to go go against or speak smarter. You know, all of us that want to be smarter than God, all of us that think that we don't need to follow what God says because I know a way. I know he says that, but i this is what I feel. Yeah, let's check ourselves. God knew that we were going to have this issue. If you continue reading in the New Testament, he even says people will decide to follow, the tr- trade the truth of God for a lie. People will rent, stand up that are false prophets, and people will want to hear it because they will say things that people want to hear, that people prefer to hear, like you can do whatever you want. Like, you can live however you want. Like, you don't have to change your life. People are going to want to hear that because our flesh wants it. And people are going to turn to that. So in seeing that that was what's was going to happen, again, a word that is irrelevant, that was written thousands of years ago, is talking to us today in 2019 when we live in a social media society that everybody is an expert. For in his wisdom, God designed that all the world's wisdom would be insufficient Doesn't matter what your IQ is and doesn't matter if you got 50 doctorates The world's wisdom is insufficient to lead people to the discovery of himself He took great delight in baffling the wisdom of the world By using the simplicity of preaching the story of the cross In order to save those who believe it In other words, you can have great words in other words, you can have great illustrations. I'm not the best at stories. Maybe you've got all these awesome stories. But all of that put together, maybe you can tell me the Greek definition of every single word. Maybe you could speak a hundred languages. None of that is as important as the power of the cross. It's simple. We don't need to make it more complicated. The power is in the cross. He died and he rose again. And that is all the power that we need. That is all the truth that we need because that is the only thing that can save us. What we do doesn't save us. Jesus saves us. So what he said was, man, everything that you talk about is going to be great. And, I'm gonna, and, I, and, and God, I believe that God uses us. He does give us intelligence. He gives us wisdom. And he uses those things. But what he's trying to say is, before anybody think that they can outsmart me, before anybody think that they are greater than they really are, I want to remind you that not even all the wisdom of the world can do what only the cross can do. But it is in us sharing it It is in the preaching of the story and, and, and I think that what God is calling us to do Is to stop using excuses Is to stop using crutches And stop looking at the pastors and start pointing, And stop pointing at the pastors Expecting them to be the ones that preach yeah. And start looking at ourselves Because you are the only one that lives in your house Because you are the only one that works where you work Because you are the only one that has the family that you have. Because you are the only one that has the friends that you have. I cannot preach to them. I cannot share my story to them. But you can. So each one of us, if we say we love Jesus, if we say we're a follower of Jesus, it is your job. And I want you to say it to yourself. It is my job to tell someone else about Jesus. And I don't know if you believe it, but if you believe it this morning, I want you to shout that out. It is my job to tell someone about Jesus. We're quick to look at what other people aren't doing. And I know a lot of people, oh, their seats empty. All right, who have you spoken to about Jesus this week? When was the last time you told somebody about Jesus? When was the last time people saw that there was a Jesus in you? When was the last time that you actually had good news to share? Or are you the one that makes phone calls to gossip? Or are you the one that makes go- phone calls to complain? Or are you the one that spends your time arguing? Who are you? Can you walk into a conversation? Can you walk into the room and make it better? Because what you brought was good news. And what happens when people hear good news? They get happy. They get excited. There's joy. Many of us are joy stealers instead of being the joy bringers. We've got to share the story that we got, but before You start getting crazy on me and before you start getting nervous, I want to tell you that there's something important to this. Yes, there's good stories to tell. We got to know the story to tell it. But second, you have your own story. You don't need to know the Bible completely. You don't need to have 500 years as a Christian. You don't need to have doctorates in theology. You just got to have your own story. You got to be able to say, this is what God did for me. This is how I saw God in my life. But the most important part, the best part, the part that brings me relief, and I hope it brings you relief, is that you do not have to do it by yourself, but that you have to do it with the power of the Holy Spirit. In order for you to share, in order for you to preach, you're going to need the power of the Holy Spirit. It is a non-negotiable. You need the power, because the Holy Spirit can do things that you cannot do. You don't have the words, but He does. I don't know how many of you guys have heard, or how many of you guys know, the Bible says that even when we don't know how to, how to ask or how to pray to God, the Holy Spirit intercedes for us. That means that when you don't have your own words, you know who does have words for you? The Holy Spirit. So if you're going to share with someone, don't feel like you got to have it all figured out. Don't be afraid about you not having the answers. It's okay to say, you know what? Let me pray about that and let me look at my word and I'll get back to you. You don't got to know everything. You don't got to have nice words. You just gotta have a story to share and you just gotta be an earnest advocate, meaning you know that it's real because you've lived it. Don't let other people confuse your story for theirs. You gotta know what your story is. You need the power of the Holy Spirit. And in 1 Corinthians 2, four to five, it says, and my message and my preaching were very plain. Paul is saying, listen, when it comes to preaching, I'm not the one, I'm not Stephen Furtick. You know, I don't got all the awesome swag and all the—I I don't have all the words. I don't got good alliteration. And for those of y'all who don't know what alliteration is y'all—you know—remember English class? Figurative language, alliteration when all the beginning letters all are the same. Like, mama, mama, mama. Okay. And my message and my preaching—that's all I'm gonna pee. Actually, sorry. And my message and my preaching were very plain. I didn't have great words. Rather than using clever. And persuasive speeches, right? Rather than being Obama that always had the right word for the right occasion, I relied only on the power of the Holy Spirit. Verse five I did this so you would not trust in human wisdom, but in the power of God. I didn't want you to think that it was because of me that you were being saved, I didn't want you to think that I was the powerful one. I didn't want you to think that I was the one that did anything for you, but I want to remind you and take you back to that everything we are doing, whether it is in preaching up here, whether it is parking a car, whether it is taking care of our wonderful children that are going to be our future, whether it is helping with the offering, whether it is in connection, whatever it is that we do is pointing back to the one that we are doing it for. There is power in the cross. There is power in the name of Jesus. So when we do this, We don't have to do it on our own. In fact, you should not do it on your own because you won't be able to do it very good. You won't be able to go as far. You can be very smart. You can be very talented, but you will always be limited because you are human and you've got flesh. But when you take on the power of the Holy Spirit and you let him be the one, you can do things that you could never do. You will go to places that you have never been. You will be able to do things that no one else has been able to do. And I don't know about you, but that makes me excited because I think, I know I can't. But I know a God who can. And I want to show you a little demonstration about this, just because some of us are visual learners and especially for our kids that are here. So if, if any of the kids that are here want to see a little better, you can feel free to move a little forward or move over here and see this in person. But it's just a little demonstration of how much we need the power of the Holy Spirit when we go to share with someone about the gospel of Jesus. So I got a plate here, and I got some milk. And this milk represents the people all over the world. I don't know if you got, oh, there you go. We're working on it. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Do I need to? Okay, yeah, but don't stand there because you're going to block. This milk represents the people all over the world. Go to the side, though, so people can see. We all know there's, what, seven? We're at seven, almost eight billion people around the world? We're at about seven million pe- billion people around the world, or eight billion people, of which the minority has the good news. And these, I'm like, where my stuff at? Okay, helper, thank you. Got a helper here. And these colors represent each one of us, right? In different places. No. We have different stories. Go ahead, drop a drop a drop. You're blocking again. This is fun, kids. Stop back on the top back on right so now that's it okay so this represents us the different colors represent our story I sorry this represents us being able to go and spreading it right and we could do it right when we go and we talk to people that's every time you share it wherever you go you start spreading it and with efforts and with work we can get around right but When we have the power of the Holy Spirit, and this dishwashing liquid represents the Holy Spirit, when we have the power of the Holy Spirit, He does what we cannot do. He multiplies, He expands quicker and further than we can ever expand on our own. We can do it. We're talented. A lot of us are smart, right? A lot of us are really good with words and we're poets and we're. I've got authors and poets in this place. I've got preachers in this place. I've got songwriters. I'm declaring it over all of you. We've got a lot to offer, but none of it can do as much as it can do with the power of the Holy Spirit. So the moment that we think, either that we're too important or that we're afraid to do it, on both occasions remember that all we need is the power of the Holy Spirit. And Jesus can do more than we can do. Thank you, you guys can have a seat. Thank you, helpers prayers, Round of applause to our children. If I, don't, if I don't make him sit down in a minute, somebody's about to drink dishwashing liquid with milk because that's how it ends up. At least my children, you know. Somebody gonna grab the wrong thing and mix it together. We need the power of God. And the good thing about God is that he does not discriminate. He doesn't reserve his his power for special people. He doesn't reserve his power for the person that knows how to say the right things. By gosh, when we don't know what to say, the Holy Spirit speaks for us. Sometimes you crying before the Lord is enough and the Holy Spirit will understand and communicate what's going on inside of you. So if all of this What really matters, or or I guess the question really is, do we know the good news? Do you have a story? Has God done anything for you? And and, and GC, one of our bishops, uh, one of our exiting bishops, gave a message on the Thursday night that was, it was impactful. I think it was so simple that it was impactful, and it's the one that, almost everyone remembers because he just said how we live in a society and this is something that will and I always talk about so it's kind of funny I mean we're young still but we live in a society that the the theme that everyone is telling everyone is you can do it let me finish you can do it anything you want to be you can be whatever you put your mind to you can be and it's with good intentions But the truth is that you really can't do any single thing that you want to do. Because even if you want to go live on Venus just because you want to and you can desire it with all your heart and you can, you know, put your feet together, you're not going to live on Venus. Some of us, and then what's happening is that it's teaching our children, it's teaching us to be upset when certain things don't happen because we thought we could do it. He says, but when I read the Bible, I see a different narrative. When I see the men and the women of God that did powerful things that God used, there's a common theme among them. You can look at David. You can look at Moses. You can look at Joshua. You can look at Joseph. You can look at Daniel. And there was a common theme that whenever God asked them to do something, whenever they were put into a situation where they had to be the representatives for God, what they always said was, I can't, but I know a God who can. I can't. I don't have the words, I don't have all the knowledge, I don't have all the wisdom, but I know a God who does. I know a God who can and he will. So when it talks about, when we talk about preaching, when it comes to us sharing the good news, when it comes to us being examples or or voices for Jesus, you may feel like this message is not for me because I don't even know where to begin. And you may be right, maybe you don't know. Maybe you can't. But you know a God who can. You know a God that does impossible things. You know a God that can. And you know a, you know a God that if you say that he can, he is ready and willing to do it. So it's up to us to share the good news. We've got a story to sh- share, but we can't rely on ourselves but on the power of the Holy Spirit. But in order for you to rely on the Holy Spirit, you need a relationship with him. You need a real relationship and genuine and authentic story to tell it can't be someone else's story it can't be what you saw him do with someone else but you got to have your own story to share and maybe you feel like you don't have a story maybe you feel like you don't know what to do well don't worry God is always in the business of rewriting stories He is always ready to write a new story. He is always ready to give you a detour. He is always ready to do something fresh, to do something new. All you gotta do is ask. All you gotta do is submit to him to do it. There are people who are dying without him. We say we love God. I don't know how many of you, if I asked you, do you love God, you say you love God. Well, loving God cannot be separated from loving people. Loving God can only be demonstrated by loving people If you don't trust, if you don't believe me read the word of God How will they know that they're my disciples when you love one another? If anyone loves God and hates his brother He is lying and does not speak the truth because how can you love the God that you have not seen yet? Hate your brother. That's right in front of you. That's the word of God not me So when we say we love God before we get excited about I love you Jesus Do you love people? And if you love people, then it's gotta hurt you when they're dying without hope. If you love people, then it's gotta make you unhappy and uncomfortable when they're living a lie, when they're chasing after wind, when they're chasing after things that are not gonna satisfy, that did not fulfill, when you see their family in their mess and they can't seem to get out of that messy cycle and you have the truth. You have the good news. You are the hope carrier. And I get it. This is not a message for you to feel bad. But it is a message to convict you. Because I'm convicted. I was convicted beyond belief this week because I said even me. Yeah, I may preach, but I also forget about other people when I'm caught up on having to pay my bills and take my children here and do homework. And I get caught up too and I forget that all of that is nothing when you stand the next to the word of God. I forget. So if I forget, I'm sure you guys forget too. But this message is for us. Instead of worrying about the seats that you see empty, worry about if you've been calling somebody. Worry about if you've been telling somebody the good news. Worry about if you have been a city on a hill. If you have been salt, have you been a flashlight? Or are you expecting someone else to be the flashlight? Or are you worrying about the people that should be flashlights and why they're not being flashlights when God is saying, how about you? You better get some new batteries or an LED. We got to stop pointing the finger. We got to start looking around and you got to start looking in. I wear this shirt today because I love it, but because it is also a reminder for me that I've got to preach like lives depend on it. I've got to preach like life depends on it. You have to preach like lives depend on it because they do. There are people that are dying without you and we are busy worrying about crap. Listen, I love fashion. Y'all know me. I love my accessories. I like to be cute. But we are worried about bull crap, my guys. There are people that are dying without hope you have the good news. You have the story. And there's a verse that I want to share to close. And this is a famous verse, at least in Spanish it is, because there was a song made after it. And it's in Romans. And every time I hear this verse, or I would read it before I used to think about missionaries, and I thought, well, that's for the people who go to Africa. You know, that's for the people like the Rosados that are going to Greece. But in the middle of the night, it was funny, this was not one of my verses. In the middle of the night, God woke me up with this. And I just started to cry and I said, man, God, don't let me fill my mouth with praise for you when I can't bring anyone to your feet. And it says, how then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? If you're expecting Will and me to get around to everybody in your circle to preach to them, we're going to be here all day. We're going to be here all year. We're going to be here until we die. But you have direct access. You have direct access. You've got to begin to speak. You've got to begin to open up your mouth and preach to the people. Because guess what? People need to hear. People need to hear because it's good news. Is good news that still is changing lives. It's still bringing transformation. And if your life has not been transformed, then you're doing it the wrong way. If your life has not been changed, if you don't have a story to tell, then I want to pray with you because I believe that God is able and he wants to. The question is, will you allow him to? So this morning, I want to ask you and I want you to think honestly. Has God done something for me? I want you to think, do I have a story to say? If someone were to ask me who Jesus is and what he has done, do I have a quick answer about what he has done for me? And if that is you, if you can say, yes, I know what he's done for me. You know, forget about what he's done for anyone else. But I know what he's done for me. If you can say that, I want you to stand up. I said this is really if you truly have an answer for what Jesus has done for you if you can really say he's done something for you and I believe that part of it is we got to practice right some of us need to practice sharing that story so for everyone that stood up I'm going to point at you one at a time and I want you to shout out where everyone can hear what Jesus has done for you there is no shame to any story because he makes all things work together for good what seemed to be a mess And embarrassing for you The foolishness of the world Will be the thing that brings salvation Will be the thing that brings transformation To someone else's life So I need you to start taking hold Even if it was an embarrassing past Guess what, it's the past Jesus forgave you and he made it new already It's time that you caught up to that So when I point at you I want you to shout it out And I don't want to, I'm not trying to embarrass you But the truth is that you've got to share it and we're gonna practice this right now. You're standing, that means that you got a story, so I want to hear it. And to make it easy, we'll start with Jess. Peace, joy, life. Yes, Linda, they you from death on many occasions. April, love, neither. So many things, but pick one. <laughs> Has he done for you, yes, restored your family, amen. Lily, hope, Francis, freedom in the back, Guerrero's, y'all two in the sword back, Melissa, forgiveness, amen. Stephanie from drunkenness, amen. Des. You hope, nya nya, don't duck out on me. Forgiveness, oh, who's that? Who am I missing? Oh, up here, Gabriel. Sorry, taking anger away for the glory of all the people, for the rejoicing of the masses. From Denise, physical healing, all right. See, guys, we have a story to share. Randy, I missed you. Come on, what he did for you, Randy? Patience, fruit of the spirit. We've got a story, guys. God has done something for each one of you. And maybe you don't feel like it's enough, but trust me, it is enough for somebody. So it's time for you to start to share. it. It's time for the shame to leave. It's time for the singling out to leave. It's time for embarrassment to leave. It's time for guilt to leave. And remember that none of that, like the Bible says, all of that is rubbish. All of that is garbage compared to the one thing that remains, the one thing that matters, which is the salvation and eternal life of Jesus. So this morning or this afternoon at this point, if you are saying, God, I felt this conviction. I felt this for me. And you know what? I may not know how to do it. I may recognize that I can't do it, but I know a God who can. And if this morning you want to make a commitment to the Lord that you will share your story in whatever opportunity he gives you, or you are maybe asking him, God, can you help me to share that story? Can you help me overcome fear? I want to invite you this morning to the front. If someone can please move this for me. I want to invite you to the front. Why? Because I want to pray with you.